Welcome to season four of Been There, Done That, a pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez, and in this show, we'll be talking to some real life experts on how to get through this time filled with unexpected changes, challenges, and not maybe, but definitely feelings of helplessness. And those experts are everyday people like you and me. Turns out we may be more prepared for this moment than we realize. So let's get started and see what we can relearn. Welcome to Monday, November 2nd, 2020. It is uh, a little late into the evening and it is on the night before the election, all through the house. Um, We are at election eve, and uh, tonight we are joined by Lena in the city of Orange in California, Southern California, and my sister. And season four, sis, is about the scars that we think this pandemic and this time will be leaving on us as a body politic, as a society, as we know that the um, COVID-19 or coronavirus itself, even once you get it, if you have no immediate symptoms and you're symptom free and it goes away, it is leaving some kind of a long-term scar in your lungs, in your intestines, somewhere in your body. And you might not see anything uh, for a while or you might see things for quite some time. So we're trying to um, get down, note, and archive the things that we're seeing that are maybe sticking around with us as a community and as a planet for a little while longer. And it's also the election uh, beginning or ending, depending on how you look at it, tomorrow in the United States for the president and several different Senate seats and important statewide propositions if your state does that kind of thing. And um, so there also might be some scarring that happens based on the results of the election, as I dare say that some of us would say that some scarring has already occurred from the wounds of the 2016 election. So let me start there ever so briefly, which is going to be hard for both you and I, since we are over explainers, ever so briefly, what was it like this time last year, right before the election, or on election day, as you were watching the results, how did you feel? What were Hold you up. prepared? You're for? saying last year, or do you I'm mean sorry. last presidential I meant, election? I meant last presidential election. Yes. Okay. Thank you. The longest year of our lives it just felt like four years. Yes. Sorry. So, so I'm sorry. So, what was it like the eve of the last presidential election? Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm sure this question has been like with everybody. It was so everybody was like, yes, we're going to have the first woman president. And then it was like the biggest letdown. But everybody was just anticipating wonderful things, wonderful new things. Did you not have a plan for the worst case scenario? You were only no, planning because for nobody the thought this shit was going to happen. So I, now I are nobody, you finding yourself in the opposite? Are you not able to plan for the best case scenario because you're only focused on the worst case scenario? Exactly. So the, it's that's the thing because last year was such a huge or last election rather. I, yeah, I tripped yeah, this yeah, up. I'm doing it too. Yeah. yeah. So since the last presidential election was such a shock to the system and such a um, the initial, it was the initial shock that no one thought this person could win and then the fact that hillary had the popular vote and the whole electoral college Mm -hmm. thing um so there was the initial shock and then there's been the hell slash and i'm just going to use the language that i want bleep me if you need to but then there was the whole clusterfuck that's happened thereafter um because I don't think even in that moment of Hillary losing and it was just, you know, the nice thought of having a very qualified woman in office. It it was just, it was just going to be so nice. Right. So, but even at that, even though there was the letdown, I don't think anyone, or at least I know I didn't, but I think most people, no one could have imagined 
all of the crap and crud and just horrific, awful things that have ensued over these last four years. It's like, like I said, it was the initial shock and disappointment, but no one at that moment knew just how bad it was going to get. Well, now let me ask you a follow-up to that. Do you think the last four years then matched up with your worst nightmare of imaginations? Like, is this how no, bad you thought no, it was going to be? No, no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't. Okay. I didn't really have any major expectations or thoughts on how Trump would be. My only thoughts of Trump at that time were that he's not qualified, doesn't know anything about politics or government. So I don't know how the heck he's going to do with stuff, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea how much of a hate monger he Mm -hmm. is at that time. I I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I guess it should have been telltale with the whole birther thing with Obama. That that, that should have been writing on the wall, but I, I didn't, know the extent of his hate and the extent of his um, uh, wanting or to, to divide people, the whole divisiveness that he's done. And then the, um, the encouraging that yeah. he's done to encourage people to display their hate and to divide. I, I, yeah. And to be violent. I, yeah, and the, the violence, the divisiveness, the, the hate, um, him condoning, um, him condoning and leading disrespectful behavior and, and um, not just behavior, but rhetoric, uh, just on, on so many levels. So many people from very young to old have felt empowered to run amok and things that would have just been considered well just you don't do that because it's not nice it's not you know it's, it's a lack of right. manner is it's a lack of class all of that got thrown out the window and now anything that used to be well that's classless or mannerless or it's just not something you do oh now if you do that, oh because you want to be politi- politically correct it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with political correctness it has to be do with social civility mm-hmm. um and i guess if, you know th- there's levels you could think of it that it be as being socially civil or being moral or there, there's you know various so ways of looking at it but you didn't think that all the things that have happened in the last four years were going to happen. Like you still were holding out some hope, even when he won that, yes, it's going to be difficult and bad and challenging, but people aren't going to get run over and die. People aren't going to be encouraged to go out and use their vehicles as weapons, either straight up against bodies or to derail a political, you know, campaign bus off the highway. People aren't going to, you know, stoke fires of white supremacy and white dominance and people aren't going to just, you know, be okay and get numb to these things that we used to say that is too taboo. That is off limits. A lot of things that he has done are just outrageously nasty, ugly, and they have become the norm. And that to me is so scary. It is now the norm for people to be harassed for their political views. And and this is the thing, like when I look back at how politics have been in my lifetime and I I saw your post and uh, you and I have different viewpoints. Um, Well, we have different life experiences. Yeah. But you you had said that. I I just think it's a a bit much. I don't know. But because I I know like the (laughs) the last few elections may have had a greater impact on you with different things that were um, at risk in terms of same-sex marriage issues or medical issues. But when we were children even, okay, our, my, th- and this is how I view it. As a child, I didn't give two hoots about who was president, who wasn't president, what was going on, or as a teenager, or as a young adult, or really that much up until right before Obama, because it was like, okay, 
whoever is going to be in charge, it may not be exactly in my value lane. It may not be, you know, but even if they are the opposite party, whatever they're doing isn't going to be that much more different than my party. It's just going to be, it's going to be not exactly the same, but it's not this extreme difference with all of this hate involved. Things were going to go along in our system. So nobody worried. No one heard about the president. Okay. The president wasn't the topic of the news every single day. You would hear about the president in the news every once in a while if something came up. You hear him talk every once in a while. But this idiot, we've heard about his dumbass every day because he's doing something stupid, saying something inflammatory or outrageous. And so my child, okay, so Eva, who's now 11, I don't, what was she in the second or third grade? 2016. So four, four years, years ago, ago, if she's if she's ago, in the she sixth in the grade now, grade. she's okay. in the second. So, yeah, second grade. Before second grade, it was Obama. So there were there was no there was no major issues then. But all of a sudden, second grade happens. So from four years ago, so from seven years old through eleven, which are pretty formative years, she's just known this tumultuous thing about the presidency in our country she she really doesn't know that much different she doesn't know how peaceful quote-unquote normal presidential executive branches would would run right and it it just it's so hard for me as a parent to see my children so scared about politics and who the president's going to be and all of this i i didn't grow up with that like i said it, it was just like oh okay the republicans are in office mm, you know they're not totally in line with what my family's values are, but it's not like the end of the world or it's not like it's going to be a horrific time. It's just not going to be exactly how we would have liked it, but it's, it's not extreme. And now it's, it's so divisive. I mean, it, when Obama was in office, it started then the resistance that the Republican party put up to Obama and not letting him pass the legislation that he wanted to, not letting him put in the Supreme Court justices that he should have been able to. All of the barriers that they put up just because, because they had the power to and they could. And and it's just outrageous the way they, the Republican Party decided to not work together with the Democrats anymore to function the way I remember our governmental branches operating, you know, with, with a little um, compromise, a little give and take, and you work things out and keep working forward. But you know, you, you know what I think it is? I think that previous administrations and presidents and representatives did all the things that Trump has done, had all the thoughts that Trump has had, only it was in secret. Like when I was Eva's age, the president was Ronald Reagan. At the time, Reagan would talk, but there were all these things in the news about some guy named Ollie North. And there, there was all these different congressional hearings to talk about the secrets and expose them. So I just knew that there were secrets. I just knew that somebody did something wrong and that we were trying to figure out why. And every once in a while, there were brown people on the news. It wasn't okay, no. until this year. No, wait, no, wait. It wasn't until this year that uh, uh, a whole you know show on Amazon comes out, a documentary six-part series that essentially says, sis, that our cousin by marriage was assassinated as a DEA agent in Mexico before he was about to be moved and relocated to San Diego because he was about to expose and share that the U.S. government and the Mexican government were working with the cartels so that they could ship and transport weapons bought illegally by selling crack to black and brown people in the hood so that they could illegally purchase weapons and supply the Nicaraguan Contras because President Reagan at the time could not get Congress and the Senate to agree that we should be basically supporting a war or in war okay, ourselves. So here's the thing. A couple things on that. 
Number one, I don't think you really knew that as a child. I, I think you discovered that now since you're a history teacher as a child. Oh, no. you I remember, I remember the Phil Collins Genesis song about this is the land we're given. Oh, and you remember there were puppets and there were puppets that looked like Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. There were yeah, no, music videos, music no. videos then were the political ground to educate you. Now we use comedy yeah. and like uh, comedy shows and comedians and late night to tell us the news. But back then it was music videos that told us the news. Oh, I remember that. I, clearly our memories are completely yeah. different and okay. what we ingest is different. Uh, history teacher, what, what years was Reagan in? Because I'd have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. Do you know off the top of your head? This Reagan is the, the, the early to mid 80s. And then we get uh, Papa Bush. Early to mid 80s. Okay, so that was late elementary, junior high for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how any of it stuck to you, how you remember any of it. I know nothing, remember nothing. I just remember that he used to be governor of California actor history nancy did the uh red ribbon crap that's about all i remember about them and so all the 1981 to 1989 so two terms okay. eight years so elementary the end of elementary through my high school mm -hmm. again this is this is the thing though all of their stuff, all of their dark crap was done in secret, right? And only some people knew. And then right. if it came out, then everybody would be like, oh, my God, that's horrible. It was a scandal. Yeah. Right? Okay. But now all that shit is like normal. Nothing's and a secret. Or the, nothing's a secret. And it's it's just, I can't. It's like, okay, at least if you know it's a secret, you know that it's something wrong. Right. That shouldn't be done. That right. should have been punished. And now, since it's all out there, well, everybody has their opinion and things. Like, no, no, there's nothing wrong with it. No, there is something wrong with it. Yeah, I want to so go back to the time when things were clandestine, where things were like, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing this. So keep it on the DL. Like nothing yeah. is on the DL down low no, anymore. Because this bastard doesn't think that he does anything wrong or that he's entitled to all of the things that he's doing. He he believe it's like they believe that they believe. And when I say they his supporters that they are entitled to subject everyone else to what they think correct or they they i, I don't i just i, I don't, don't even you, have the, but the right is it word. possible is it possible that they feel the same way about us it's possible but i don't think there has ever been been anyone on the left or any time that the left was imposing things that really i want you to think about the last eight years under obama same-sex marriage is passed we get the affordable care act there's trans protection rights um granted he was the deporter in chief and deported more people than any other president, but people didn't see that because that wasn't always in the news. Talk about clandestine things that we do on the side, right? Like, but you know, what? even if you're going to deport people, you're deporting them, which I don't know. Keeping them in a cage and separating them from their families and you can't reunite them. Yeah. So I if you're going to look at the, the worst of the two, I mean, the horror the horrors that these people have experienced in those encampments where they're at and how many years they've been there. I think if they have the choice, get deported back to your country or be held in these places where all these unspeakable acts have occurred, I, I would rather get deported and take my chances coming back over, you know, than being your family separated and torn apart, hysterectomies, rapes, murders, just all kinds of crap. I just, I, I can't. Let, let me ask you this. Have you noticed a change in our mother's attitude about people, places, and things over the last four years that you can say, I attribute this change to this current administration? You live with her. I know, but what exactly do you mean by people, places, and things, and you know, change. mom has these rules 
that come up every once in a while about how she wants people to talk or what people can talk about. I'm talking about foul language. And the last four years, or like, you're not allowed to hate. You're not allowed to be angry at someone. You know, like she has these rules about, you know, these lessons, these life values about being nice. Don't be ugly. You know, be kind to people, blah, blah, blah. In the last four years, I have rarely seen this Uh, level embraced more ugly of rage and anger and resentment. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell it how it is. Well, I'm going to tell it how it is kind of like take the gloves off. Let me just speak my mind. I have not seen my mom, our mom or other people who, who we're just not acting the way, like, I don't like this amount of anger and, and foul feelings against another human being even if you don't like me, I don't like having feelings where I don't like you either. But the last four years, it's been real hard to feel compassion and to feel like I should be respectful to someone who has a MAGA hat on, who has a Trump sticker. Like it just forces me to like get tight and tense that I might get hurt and makes me want to tell them what's on my mind and give them a piece of my mind. Well, see, therein lies a, like a, just in that a little difference between you and I. And I think um, Michaela tends to be, and you know, my oldest one, the 20 year old, tends to be like you in terms of automatically when you see a MAGA hat or a Trump thing or know that they're a Trump supporter, you automatically are assuming that they're all these things. In my opinion of it, when I see that, there are levels. And, and grades to everything. So just because they're a Trump supporter, you don't know how die hard they are into. If they got the hat this- on, they're pretty die hard. They're not, they're not going to be clandestine about their political opinions that they know are wrong. But the thing is, some of these people really, okay. Some, I, this, this is just my experience firsthand with that some Trump, Trumpies that I know. It's not that they're like uh, in line with every absolutely horrible thing or things that we think are horrible in terms of the divisiveness and the um, xenophobia and things of that nature. Um, but well, see, there's there's there are those that claim. I've got a lot of these ones. Oh, I'm I'm only in line with them on on fiscal policies. All the other stuff I really don't agree with, but you know, I I I'm aligned with the fiscal policy, so I'm sticking with it for the fiscal policy. And I'm like, and, and all the rest of it does, doesn't matter. The fiscal or then you've is got, connected to everything else. They're they're inseparable. And then you've got the other ones that, for religious reasons, which just kills me, because. I say to anyone who follows him for religious reasons, he is the most unchrist-like individual. He and his entire family live their lives unchrist-like, unchristian-like to the nth degree. And just because they spew out of their mouth what you want to hear as a Christian, you're going to support that. I mean, look at the words and look at the actions. The actions are in complete opposite to what Christian values are. He does not show Christian values in his actions at all, he and his family. But because they say they support abortion rights and religious rights to to gather for services, the man doesn't even go to service. Biden goes to service every Sunday. Trump does not ever step foot in a church. I just, and and the fact that I know very well-educated people who are also very religious and they buy it. I'm like, how can you buy his BS? When has he shown you Christ-like behavior? Like his wife is basically a porn star. You can look up so much pornographic crap of hers on the internet. There has never been a first lady with so much porno material, (laughs) nudity on the internet than than this classless wench who talks about hating Christmas. Okay, Christmas is a celebration of Christ's birth. (laughs) And there's this porno woman talking about she hates Christmas, but y'all are supporting her under your love of christianity i I don't get it this man tears apart families locks people up in cages just because they're wanting to seek a new peaceful life but that's christian no it's not this person is blowing smoke up your ass telling you what you want to hear but in the meantime doing the opposite and you guys are just 
putting your hands over your eyes and your fingers in your ears and just going, la, 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 la. Okay, I'm just going to believe that it's what I want. And just because I've got the abortion piece, I'm good. No, I, I, I don't. Well, so from what I gather with our, with our tone and what we've been talking about, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> we're we're pretty we're pretty uh we're totally um serene and calm and full of love and hope in our hearts and we are just ready to go for this upcoming election tomorrow do you have a plan are you doing you something mean? tomorrow I, do, do you have a plan to watch the returns do you have a plan uh of what you're gonna do if he wins is there a song that you're gonna play um is it the ewoks celebration song from star wars when they take down um and the empire or or is there a plan for saying prayer going immediately into the rosary like we do when somebody passes away right away like is there is there a plan there is no plan oh no um, there is just a deep seated hope that things will come out in the way that I want them to, and that things will come out peacefully, but there's no, um, it's like that, that hope is this flicker deep down inside of my soul that I don't want to put out too far. I don't want that ember to, to come out because I'm afraid it'll get blown out real quickly. It's just like, you can't, you're afraid to have hope because of 2016. 2016 was such a slap in the face when you thought this was a slam dunk, a beautiful thing, because there was no way this moron was going to get elected when you had this qualified woman and we're going to get this woman president. And then all of a sudden the unthinkable happens. So after the unthinkable happens, a just horrible upon horrible upon horrible things ensue after that. So you're just traumatized. And I, I want to hope and believe that things I, 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 I will, will turn out that, but I guess I'm, that just came into my head, the, the phrase I'm, I'm hoping, but for the best, but preparing for the worst and my preparedness I guess I'm not really preparing. I'm just bracing myself. I'm just like, don't hope too much because you don't want to get too disappointed. But I, I don't want to be super doom and gloom either. So I'm not making any preparations because then I'm giving in to the thought that he is going to win again. And I don't want to give in to that. It's like, I, I don't, this is weird. Okay. So I, since I don't want to, I don't want to give in to too much negativity. So I don't want to go that way, but I don't want to let myself have too much hope and have that squashed. So I don't want to go too much in that direction. So I'm kind of stuck <laughs> in the middle and just kind of bracing myself. I'm like in the fetal position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I got that sense. Yeah. I was listening to you. And I was and like, are you rocking in the corner? Um, yeah, pretty much. And just hoping you know, that things won't get too bad. But how so, you, I, let's see. So this is my own feelings about stuff. But because like I said, you, you said this affected you, the elections have affected you as a child. It, it didn't to me. And to see my children affected by it really just kills me because politics wasn't something that children needed to, to even think about in their, in their childhood. Children didn't need to be bothered with politics. That's something that adults need to deal with and be concerned with. That's nothing. Ch children need to be free to just play and learn. They don't have to be scared about how the country is going to be run or be scared that their life's going to be affected negatively because of, of who's in charge, because people think that they could, that it's okay to be mean to one another, that it's okay. But, but I think it's, it's, it's false that there's just that, that dichotomy. It's not like you get to play and be free or you learn about the government and you're in hell. Like it's not, it's not just those two extremes, you know, like well, it's it, it, not, pause, it, it doesn't and some have people, to be hell to learn about the government. It's a government that we have right now. That is, hell. but that's, but that's not always true. Like here's a couple of things. I really do believe and want to just plant the seed with you to really think about how privileged our upbringing was at different points and at different years that sheltered us in many ways from the reality around us 
and and in our lives, to be frank. You know, a lot of the things that I remember from that time um, growing up and being a child is because they were a lot more visuals. I'm a visual learner. Um, I remember things based on who is around and who isn't. I remember right after Reagan, we had baby Bush and we had the very first of the Gulf Wars. And our oldest sister was dating some guy who was a Marine at the time. And I had to hang out with him a lot because you were already leaving me in college. And so I was stuck with the oldest one who had just finished college. And so I was learning more about the military at that time. I don't know what was going on in, in your school um, and at the time when you were around, but like by the time I was in high school, there was already, you know, sort of like mock elections and talking about student government and things. And then when I went to college, since I got involved in student government and got involved in different issues, like there's there's something about you know what it's like to be the one brown kid in a classroom and they're talking about Mexicans in like history class or in some cultural moment in school and you're like, oh, they're talking about me and everyone kind of looks at you like, yeah, they're talking about you. Like that is kind of what it was like growing up politically if they talked about brown people, if they talked about immigrants, if they talked about gay people, if they talked about women. Like there were certain things that just like made my ears go whoop. Like I remember going to Moreno's Mexican restaurant and noticing, wow, you have a picture with the Bushes? Are you Republicans? Like I remember growing up and having thoughts and ideas about Republicans and it wasn't good, right? Like I knew that our mom at least was a Democrat. I don't think I ever really talked to dad about however he voted because he didn't. He didn't become a U.S. citizen until I was in college. So dad didn't necessarily share which political party he was, you know, in line with and mom didn't want to talk about politics but opinions were shared and i guess what i want to point out is that your children are having a different experience because your children are having a different experience they are in darker <laughs> bodies they have different presidents they are in different homes and they are culturally in a different time and space and you talked about not wanting this ember this fire of hope to leave you and there were other people at different historical times that also had different moments where things stood out and they were affected by things. And as you were talking about this ember, I kept thinking about the gospel song, which is actually also associated with the civil rights, which is this little light of mine, right? I'm going to let it shine. And all these things are going to happen. And I'm never going to let this light go out. And the reason why it's a gospel song, but is so much attached to the civil rights of the 50s and 60s is because the experiences that those kids, those parents, and those families had apparently are very much so like what we are having right now. And so it's interesting to me what you do and don't remember and how different you feel things are when actually they might be way closer to being in more alignment than I think we realize. And I remember 2016 and I remember that night seeing the results and feeling like, damn it, I thought this might happen. Damn it, it did and getting a phone call from you to talk to Eva, who was bawling and crying and was like the monster one. Like we, like all these adults and all these stories at that time were that like Trump was a monster and he is, and that's still the story now. So kids, you know, monsters, the good people, the heroes, like who's hurting. She was like the monster one. We don't usually tell kids stories where the monster wins. And so she was devastated. And I remember telling her there are heroes amongst us. We got to put on the capes. We got to get ready and we got to fight back. But we keep losing and the fights keep getting harder and the fighting is just exhausting. And so I am most afraid, you know, when you walk with a candle and it's windy and you're outside and you put the hand around it because you're trying to keep it from being blown out. I've been places where then the light gets blown out and you're just like, oh, well, I'm still here, but I, I'm not able to participate anymore. Like, do you think that this might, if the election goes in a direction where Trump wins, do you think that this will be the ultimate voter suppression moment where people will not want to engage in the election anymore? Oh, because no. Of no, 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 no. Now, I mean, because what other choice do we have? 
Um, I mean, the other choices are so awful. I mean, complete revolution. It was like, do you want me to really go there? Come up with a whole new system. No. So you'd rather just try and, you know, try again, keep trying. But I was, I was even just had tears right now crying and, and thinking about this stuff because I had forgotten until you brought it up that no, we did know some of his ugliness. And yes, all of the elementary school kids whose families are on the left were scared that he would win. And I remember Eva, you know, talking about how people were, you know, either for Trump and in, in, at her little Catholic school talking about how they were all, you know, on the right side, because that's what, you know, Catholic or religious institutions tend to tend to flow that way. And we're like, no, no, it's okay to be on our side where we're at and hopefully it'll work out. And then it didn't. Um, and how scared she was. And even though she was scared then, and we were all uncomfortable Again, we still had no idea the lengths to which things would would end up going. And so even now on the eve of everything, I have not wanted to think too much about what if on if 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 he wins. And because for several reasons. Um, and it may have not be the smartest of things, but I think it's almost like um, it's for me. And I know for my children and for lots of it's it's the worst case scenario. It's like you know when you're waiting for the results of a of a cancer screening. It's mm-hmm. like you don't want to think too much about it or get too deep because it's such an awful awful thing that you know what? Don't stress yourself out and start thinking too much about it because it may not come to be. So just leave it alone. Leave it alone for now. If it happens then you have no choice but to deal with it. But why get yourself all worked up and upset and anxious and have all these negative emotions if you don't have to? So better to wait that part out. And then if you have to deal with it, then go ahead. But right now, the level of anxiety and fear and angst and sadness related to him winning is just too great for me personally, and too great for my kids. I see Michaela more than Eva just completely losing it. When um, the Supreme Court Justice- Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, I try not to even think about it. Her her name is not ingrained in my head yet, but when she uh, was sworn in, Michaela was just losing it that day was just like, there go, you know, all of women's rights. There go, you know, Roe v. Wade. There goes that she's like, she thinks everything is out the window on day one. Like, okay, things could very well go out the window, but it will all take time. It will not be without a fight. There's got to be cases that come. Everything's going to be day by day, step by step. And some things may go, some things may not, but there's no need for you to panic about all the issues right now because we don't know if all those things will happen and they're not happening right at this moment so we just need to take things day by day so are you suggesting that your plan of how to you know get through this moment is really about strategic denial so like let's not let's strategically no, not, not think no. about this yet but because these things are going to happen all these no. fears that Michaela okay. has they are going to happen so can we freak out when they're happening what okay like again like with the cancer thing you don't know if you're going to get it or not wait until you get to the diagnosis then when you know you have it then deal with it. I suppose there are some preparations you can make but why put the cart before the horse wait until it's in front of you okay okay because why you know what right. i'm saying okay no we're, i we're totally get, get it so do you have a will or two is, is do you have a cup. will um i don't because you know it's away. gonna happen right like we're all gonna I die anything, i don't have but, anything to give away so no yeah but it's not about <laughs> what you're giving away it's about what we're doing with you um the plan no See, this is what I'm getting at. So the things that we do know about, no plan. Do you have an emergency kit for an earthquake at the house? No. Oh, because that's going to happen too. It already does happen. No plan. Yeah, but we don't get big ones. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Not yet. Little. 
Did you not pay attention in elementary school? The big one is going to happen in our lifetime. Why are we doing all these earthquake drills if the big one isn't happening? You know why I'm not caring? Because when the big one happens, I'm going to die and it's going to be done anyway. So uh, <laughs> I didn't have to wishful do thinking, <laughs> wishful thinking. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that every when I ever bring up death, it's like, what does it matter? I'll be dead anyways. And I'm like, y'all, I'm trying to prepare you for what happened to me, which is that you don't die suddenly. It's slow. It's painful. Yeah, it's but expensive. You, but, look, but look, even if you, you look back at your own story you have evolved through that time and things didn't come instantly and so through that journey you have grown you've had better moments worse moments things have waxed and waned and and you couldn't take everything all at once you couldn't bottle it up and just be like ah! you know you, you'd have your moments of you know freak out but it's better to just you know take things step by step day by day and then just and just keep going. You can't assume too much. Just like that, you tomorrow is not promised. So you do the best you can with today, and then move forward. Just like your AA stuff and all that stuff, day by day. You can't. You can do certain things to prepare. Yes, in in hopes of getting to where you want to go. Yes, certain preparation is good. But at the end of the day, you can't put all your eggs in that basket because it's not a guarantee anyway. So for me, so what is guaranteed? Um, You're basically saying count on nothing. So what can we count on? Look, it, it, it's, it's the same with it. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So I can prepare as much as I can, but I'm not going to go and run myself ragged about it because there's no guarantee. I'm, you, you prepare to a point. Everything's to a point. And I'm like, it's everybody at their own comfort level. If you want to like run yourself into the ground, preparing for something that may never come, do you. I'm not the one. For me, I'm going to do a certain level of preparation. And then after that, I'm, I'm done. So what's your day no look like? What's your day look like tomorrow? Kids going to school. What are you doing? <sighs> Yeah, so Eva will have in-person class. Mm -hmm. Michaela does not want to be here. She is Mm -hmm. so stressed out. She wants to leave tonight to go back to Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to be in the house where she knows the television will be on or mom or I will be screaming about what the count is or whatever. She wants to isolate herself in Santa Barbara and hopefully be able to keep herself in her room where she can be in control of what she is exposed to. That's her game plan. And she we should to be mention able to be away from everybody. We should mention that since the last time you and I spoke, the kids have gone back to school. Eva is mm-hmm. an in-person school a couple of days a week and then yes. um, online. So it's a hybrid model. Um, mm-hmm. Michaela is at school online in college, but moved back to Santa Barbara to live in an apartment um, mm-hmm. with with some other students. And Michaela and so- is attending class on campus. One class, oh, one dance get class. out up to three times a week, Monday, <gasps> Wednesday, Friday. Mom, how but are you doing with the kids? She has the choice, just like Eva does. So with this hybrid thing for both of them, at any given time, they can say, uh, I have something going on today, or I don't feel comfortable today. I'm going to stay home today. I'm not going to in-person, but I'm going to be here online. Mm-hmm. And on and on the very next day, they can pick them and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. So for most of those, so Eva, for all of her in-person days, she's gone. I've seen other students opt out on their in-person days and they just notify their teachers and Michaela has the same thing going on. So she went, when she went back to campus, she started attending those days and then her roommate left to go help out with some family stuff. And Michaela didn't want to stay there without her bedroom roommate. And she decided to come home. So she let her teachers know, okay, I'm going to be back to Zoom. But when I go back to camp, so it's nice to have that flexibility. Yeah. That way, yeah. when you feel comfortable and you're okay with being in person, you go in person. And when it's not working for you, you do the online. So that's 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 been a nice thing for them because Michaela said she really missed the in-classroom and and Mm -hmm. wanted it and it's worked out because for them in order to be able to attend in person they have to get covid tested every week whoa yeah eva's in the elementary school they don't get tested at all 
But college, if you want to be on campus, you have to be tested every week and show them your and turn in your negative result in order to attend. Is this just campus. UC Santa Barbara? Is this all the UCs? Do you know? Um, I've, I've heard that it's other schools as well, if they are even offering hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if, if it's all of them, but I know hers, hers for sure that you have to be tested every week what's it like and hold on yeah and so with the whole parent chat group so Mm -hmm. there was an outbreak in a dance class oh my god well not an outbreak but one of the teachers got sick one of the (sighs) teachers well wait a minute okay let me get back up i don't know if the teacher tested positive or the teacher was exposed to someone who tested positive so there was a scare for the next 14 days yeah, it was either the teacher was positive or she was exposed to someone that was positive. And so they shut down class for the next two weeks. Now, I didn't hear, which I'm sure the parents would have said something if anyone from her class then got it. Didn't hear anything like that. So I, I'm guessing they're good. And with her dance class, I'm assuming it's pretty good because I think there's only like maybe five people, I think she says, that when they do have the in-person that now are let there. Me ask you, and they're let me ask you a question. And all that with their mask. What? Let me ask you a question. Is this new? Like, is, is this a parenting thing? Is this a superpower that only parents get to have this level of let's stay calm, everyone one step at a time? Is it because you're in charge of other lives and you don't want to freak them out that you get to this place of like, let's take it one step at a time. Everybody stay calm. Because I've seen you freak out, sis. And mm-hmm. and I, I've only seen you freak out maybe like twice in my whole life. And, but I do, I do have this sort of like distinct memory that an and idea and thought that like as a parent, you're like the most chill parent at like the worst situations. And I think I kind of go to the same thing too. When things are incredibly uncontrollable and really bad, I go like super zen. It's fine. Everything's going to be okay. And it's really only when there's maybe a glimmer of of hope that things might, you know, be exaggerated that I freak out. Like if it's possible that things might be okay, I freak out. If it's absolutely impossible and everything's going down the drain, I get like, well, I'm accepting this and we're just going to move on. Because look at it this way too, sis. Just think like first responders, doctors, people that are in crisis, areas of, of crisis. What good does it do if everyone's like, oh my God, and everybody's freaking <laughs> around and running around like, but their head's cut off. It helps no one. It doesn't do any good. But if, if you're like, okay, you know what? We're going to calm down. Doctor says, okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to perform this surgery. I'm going to take it stitch by stitch. And, and we're, we're going to work through this. Yeah, but you and I are not doctors or first responders. But I'm a parent. And somebody has to just reel it all in. Okay, we are not going to freak out. We're going to be okay. And we're going to go by step. I I don't know if that's the difference. But but you you have to manage you. You have to, you've got your partner. You've got the fur babies. No, it's okay. I I do not have the superpower. I do not have the superpower. It's fine. I have it. I have it when things get really bad because my partner is kind of the like freak out person. So I have to stay calm to calm the freak out person. So somebody has to stay calm. I so want to freak out like all the freaking time. And so I were well, so you like when, this before? What about before children? Um, you know, that was. <laughs> I have no memory of before children. When you have children, they children. take away all of your previous memories. And that's they how you become a parent. Yes, it's you. a trade off. You want to be a parent? Give me all your previous memories. Okay. Did, how did I freak out before? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, everybody does. Everybody freaks out, but you have to come back to sanity. Otherwise, you end up being that person on the corner talking to themselves. I fear that that's so. my future. Um, <laughs> so. <sighs> wow. so, yeah back to think for, for tomorrow i i am just eva will be at school she'll come home michaela will be away and i will be thinking about my scared little girl away from me and i will be and i'm the type of person okay so when it comes to this stuff mm-hmm. with news or whatever i like to be well informed and know everything 
as much you as I do. can. You do. Where I know, so do uh, I. Yeah. Whereas other people, they're like, no, no, I don't want to know. And I'm like, how can you not want to know? Like I know. certain people that get sick or have loved ones that get sick and they don't research the crap out of everything to know. They're like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I'm like, Mm-mm, no, I got to know. So I will be glued to the news and the radio and whatever and watching everything as it comes and going through whatever roller coasters. And I just, my hope and my dream for tomorrow, because I guess I have, yeah. That's, that's, okay, so there's there's my plan to just watch everything, take everything as it comes, try and stay as calm as I can. And my hope and my dream, God, the hope and the dream would be for it to be a complete landslide. So there's mm-hmm. no question and no big fight about it. And that it's such a big landslide that by, I don't know, some hour at the nighttime, I can go outside if it's safe. I don't know. You see, people don't even know it's going to be safe to go outside. That's so sad. But I would love to be able to run outside, scream, jump up and down, just be so excited and overjoyed that there is a bigger glimmer of hope coming come the end of January. That is my hope and my dream. Because if things come out with Biden winning, I know there is hope coming, but I know that that hope is not fully vested until the end of January. So I know there's a whole lot of crap to still deal with. If it goes that we have to wait some days to have everything solidified one way or another, those waiting days will be absolute flipping torture. Yep. Um, And if it goes, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) that they can actually show that he's won, the amount of devastation and sadness and uh, 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 oh, the overwhelming feeling like every good part of me will have just been ripped out. <laughs> it, 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 it'll take a while to, to be able to, to function, I think. You know, we had a group chat on Zoom just sort of like me, you, M, and the uh, nephews and nieces immediate to us. Um, we left out the East Coasters. Maybe we'll add them this time. We we had a bit of a family check-in around the summertime and George Floyd and went around. I think we might need to consider being prepared for something like this if things go bad or there's a waiting game. But I will call you and we will be dancing together if it's if a it landslide. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that um, I think that the plan for tomorrow and the upcoming days and basically all the way till, you know, that the power, uh, the inauguration from now until the inauguration, I think we need to be um, not asking to have phone calls or conversations with people, but just sending people the best messages. Just thinking about you. Just want to say that I love you. Hope you're having a really good day today. You know, um, hope you get to see some sunshine today. Do something really good for yourself today. And I only say these things because these are the things that mom sends me like every day, especially during chemo. And I hate them at some level. I'm like, no, mom, I'm not going to do something good for myself today because I can't. And then later on, I'm like, I need a donut. And I'm like, thanks, mom, for the reminder. Like, I think we just need to have days and months and weeks of reminders that other people are thinking about us, wishing us well and loving us from afar or close by. Just like walk past mom tomorrow and just say, I love you. Just wanted to say, I love you. You know, you know what you just made me think of right now on getting through some ugly stuff. Okay. So, so I was just thinking, okay, if things go the way I would like them to, there will be a small celebration, but then bracing. Bracing Mm -hmm. for any and all ugliness that will happen between now and the end of January. And then it'll still be scary. It'll be small celebrations and scary because the way the Trump supporters tried to run that bus, the Biden Harris trust off the the road in Texas is scary. And these people will be emboldened to carry act, carry out all kinds of hateful acts. I'm thinking, I'm hoping not, but that's what they've shown. I'm taking down all my lawn signs that say black lives matter and and Biden Harris. I'm taking it all down tomorrow. They're going to react in, in a, in a very scary way that we have not seen. And so I'm, I'm scared for that. However, if they win and we're stuck with this for another term, 
this may be, some people may think this is over melodramatic, but for me, this, this fits. I'm thinking like, okay, when, like, how could you get through what you think of as the most horrific possible thing ensuing around you? How do you survive during such awful things? <laughs> and I'm thinking about this book that I read about a Holocaust survivor. Mm-hmm. All these people are dying and being pulled to death. And they didn't know when they were going to be rescued. And they just tried to keep hope, keep hope to get through, to survive, keep hope to when it was over. And that's, and I, and I don't know if, that, if, if someone that did actually survive, that would be like, Hey, don't even compare it. But given the fact that people are dying and getting pulled to die, you know, mm-hmm. not, not quite mm-hmm. on that level, but that's, mm-hmm. I think how I will feel. I will feel like I'm living through, the Holocaust on some level. And I'm going to have to look back at those books and channel these survivors because I think another Trump term will be like surviving the Holocaust for me. And I will have to, if these people could get through it that I've read about with such grace and such um, a wonderful spirit after to get through such a, a horrible time and, and found a way if they can find, if these, if Holocaust survivors can find a way through the Holocaust, I can find a way through another four years of Trump, even though God, I show hope I don't have to, but that that'll be my thing. If they can do it, I can do it. Well, let me, let me leave us. Let me leave us with this. As you have segued us there. Biden has said a phrase for quite some time now before his election uh, time and now in, in the you know, candidacy. And he, it's a biblical reference. And he says, hope sees best in darkness. And then I was given this in a, in a note um, at my darkest times medically. And, I, and I've loved it and cherished it ever since. And it was actually, you know, scrolled into the walls of um uh of a concentration camp um during world war ii and the holocaust and it and it says it was written on a, on a cellar wall um and it says i believe in the sun even when it's not shining i believe in love even when i cannot feel it and i believe in god even when he is silent and i just add to it all the time and i and i believe in us even when i feel like there's a they and not just an us all the time. And I want to end by reading the last stanza of the song, This Little Light of Mine, because I think it's very fitting to how we're feeling about this election. It says, don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. I will leave it to whoever you think Satan is (laughs) or could be, but, we gotta, we gotta let it shine, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how impossible it might seem. I don't think you and I were ever historically made to uh, exist. We're not supposed to be here. You and I and your children and um, my way of living and loving is not supposed to be. And yet it is. And According so if there's... Oh, according to the Bible, according to law, according to history, like but we should not be. My children, we have all existed since the beginning of time. Yeah, but there have always been people trying to take us out. So what I'm saying is we have been resilient enough to get here to fight another day, which means that there's other things that are genetically encoded in us as well. And that's being able to stick around and be all right and pass on um, this sort of strength. Um, maybe it's maybe it's from seeing our mom. Uh, maybe it's from seeing and hearing stories of our, our grandparents and all that they've been through or our own cousins and nephews and nieces and what they're going through now. It doesn't have to be old people who have all the wisdom. Um, I think some, some young people in our lives and in our family are, are pretty wise on their own. Um, Anything else you want to share, sis, before we we wrap this up and then we talk again uh, before the end of the calendar year? No, 
I think we pretty much wrapped it up in, in, in a good spot. We're just um, hoping for the best. And if the worst comes to be, then we're just going to have to find a way to, to keep our light. Well, I think it's possible knowing that we don't have to do it alone. So uh, I appreciate you always being there, uh, even in the darkest of moments. Um, I know I see better with you uh, in the dark. So as long as you've you've got my arm clutching it very tightly, as you do, um, I think we're I think we're going to be good. I might lose an arm, but, you know, I've got another one. Um, all good. You know, I don't do well during scary movies. I'm always clutching. Oh God, so there you go. Horrible. Get ready for my fingernails. I know it's going to be it's going to be really You've been listening to Been There, Done That, your pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez. Stay well and stay human. Stay human.